0: this is the school of integrative healing podcast with your host hannah Bartlett alonso this is the place that we'll be talking about all things integrative healing For those of you that don't know, integrative healing is the multiple modality and multiple dimensional approach to all things healing. So this means looking at healing through the lens of not just your physical body, but your emotional and mental realms, as well as through the spiritual and energetic lens. This is because as humans, we are multi-dimensional. We're not just a physical body. And therefore, any comprehensive healing methodology needs to bear this in mind. My mission is to teach thousands of women all over the world how to heal themselves and actually to go far beyond that, how to create an extraordinary life. I firmly believe that every single one of us is a well of infinite possibilities. We just have to learn to tap into it. In this podcast, we will be talking all about self-healing through multiple modalities, as well as how to improve your relationships, create more pleasure, create more wealth, manifestation, shamanism, business, hormone healing, nutrition, how to reprogram your unconscious mind, heal trauma, as well as clear emotions directly from the body. Just by pressing play, you are actively engaging in your self-healing journey, reprogramming your unconscious mind, and taking one step closer to your dreams Today, we've got such a special podcast with my coach who has agreed to come on and share all her wisdom. So this is Hina Khan. She's a peak performance coach, a former psychotherapist, and in my opinion, more importantly, my coach. <laughs> That's what I'm excited to share. And so, so far on this podcast, I've been bringing in the students from the School of Integrative Healing, and I thought actually it would be really fun for me to bring in um The founder of the container that I'm in, the coach that supported me to my next level, just because I feel that it's so beneficial for us to have this kind of, I almost see it as just this stream of mentors and people getting mentored, and we're always the mentee and the mentor. So
1: (laughs) today I'm in a slightly different role. Welcome Hina to the space. Thank you so much, Hannah. It is such a pleasure to be here. And I have to say out of all those titles of peak performance coach, former psychotherapist, being your coach has to be my favorite. Right, right. Isn't that fun?
0: Isn't that nice? So I I thought the same, to be honest. So um Hina's actually really kindly come on today to talk about the concept of revenue explosions which I know when I went to Hina's I think you did a free workshop on this about June July last year is that correct Probably probably something like that Yeah and I had a revenue explosion I had a revenue explosion and it blew my mind because it was really easy and it came from nowhere And I'm 100% sure, actually, I'd say more than 100% sure that it was down to Hina's teachings, as well as my consistent application and effort, because (laughs) this is important. So I thought it would be really beneficial for, for those of you listening to hear about what a revenue explosion is, and how you can experience this in your life as well, because this is something that's available to us all. So Hina, what is a revenue explosion for you?
1: I think a revenue explosion is having a quantum leap in the money that's flowing in, whether that's in the work that you do, your business, your clients, that's kind of what I call a revenue explosion. And I remember with you, Hannah, one of the things that perhaps was an emotional impact for you when we first started working together was when I said that you have to take 100% responsibility for your results. And that includes your wealth. And I've had many people say, "Okay, I I can get behind taking 100% responsibility for my relationships. I can get behind even my health. But my wealth, Mm -hmm. I don't know, because it comes from my employer. Like, how do I control that? Or it depends on the economy. And I mean, I push back on that. And I say, you are still 100% responsible. And it's because you don't understand money you think that money comes from those things. It comes through those things. So a revenue explosion is being able to align with all of the money that is here, that is available to you. And it's about you raising your consciousness to be a match to it. And that's exactly what you did. And here's the thing to have a revenue explosion to have something different in your finances requires you to do something different which can also be letting go of things that you have already invested in which is something you went through Hannah and I remember thinking when you had done this because you had been you'd engaged with a company and you just realized that they were great at what they did but it wasn't the direction you wanted to go to go to and many times when we're in this decision, we think, but I've already invested. I have done this many months with them. So we figure that it's our obligation to tough it out when it's not working. And what I admired about you was you said, no, I'm going to just let it go. I'm releasing with love. I'm releasing this company. Let them find someone. I'm releasing any money that I've invested. Like I'm just letting it go. And I think that was a pivotal moment in your revenue explosion of saying, I am no longer available for that, for the hard and the struggle and I'm available to create wealth through ease, joy, and fun, and I'm available for a different way. So all of a sudden, what was already here, you could see now because you started to remove things. But that takes courage.
0: Absolutely. No, it's it's actually two pivotal things that you've mentioned. Because yeah, like Hina said, I I'd set up a six-month contract with a marketing team. I'd committed to this. I'd invested money in this. And I left the marketing team and I think it was less than five days later, I was on an open house with Hina and I invested another (laughs) sum of money in my business. And there was part of, I suppose, my old thinking that was telling me that that was wrong and that was crazy and that this was happening too fast and I needed to kind of take some space before investing again. But life actually gives us what we desire is just sometimes that's a leap of faith to take it. Right. And for me, that was that leap of faith and investment in you. Um, but here's the thing,
1: here's the thing for me in me, (laughs) it wasn't. Yeah. You know what I was going to say? It it was a leap of faith in you, just like for your clients, you're the vehicle for their leap of faith in themselves. Mm -hmm you're the vehicle for them to bet on themselves and say, my health is worth this. My, con- my connection to myself is worthy of this investment. You're the vehicle for them, but the, the actual investment is for them. So you set up something. When you did that, you set up an expectation that money is available. Now, here's the thing. It's not like you would necessarily feel great right away. It was like, let's be real. It's not like Hannah sent the money, you know, it got it it, in circulation, moved from her account into my account, moved into other people's accounts as I dispersed it. And it's not like she was like, ah, I feel amazing. There's still going to be this adjustment shock that happens, But you're because you're at a different altitude now, you know, you and Craig, you guys go in the mountains, you hike, you know, from different altitudes, and you're at a different altitude, the air is a little thin, you've got to acclimatize. And that's exactly what you did. And I really commend you for doing it, because I think that is what set that this is how you changed your thermostat setting to be available for money coming in increasing quantities on a continuous basis.
0: Mm. And I think the word that you used as well was ease, because the way that I was running my business before was from a very strategy basis, right? The marketing team, it was very, it was very hard. It was very hard to get the results and I was tired. That was actually the reason that I said no. I was like, this is tiring. I don't want to do it this way. And I was really called by, by um, what Hina was teaching because I was like, okay, there must be an easier way to do this. And it was, that's exactly what I experienced last summer. It's like I was doing less. <laughs> I was having more fun and I was making more money. And it was such an affirmation of, yes, this is what not only I want my business to look like, but for my life to look like, right? And that was a really big aha for me. And I think that was the leap of faith as well. It can be easier than this.
1: And I'm going that direction. And you know what I think was another big piece, Hannah, in what we teach and the work that you did was receiving. Like, could you let it be easy? Because we're so wired for hard and struggle and hustle and grind that it's a conscious shift to allow it to be easy and look for the ease in a situation and then receive with ease and feel worthy of receiving with ease. Because many times we feel we've earned something if there if it has been hard and a struggle. But what that means is we've always got to create hard to feel like we're worthy of something. So this is a huge shift as well to say, I can receive with ease and then the next part after the receiving piece is having can you allow yourself to have what you want
0: that's it's interesting this having piece that's what we've been talking about in um your container at the moment isn't it allowing ourselves to have and how we very often sabotage ourselves so just you know out of interest you know what in what ways do people sabotage their having I would love to hear a bit
1: more about that They're so uncomfortable with it that they have to give it away right away. So it's kind of like money can come in one door, like the front door, and it's out the back door because they don't have a consciousness of having and what it does it keeps them in the spinning of like okay now I've got to get we get so what it's a paradigm so some people have a paradigm of clearing their credit cards but first they've got to rack it up clear it rack it up clear it as opposed to always having a balance and sometimes you're in that in that place consciously you're like this is where I am and I'm okay with it and then sometimes you're like now I don't want to be in this place anymore so How we sabotage ourselves is we don't change our beliefs to match the new way. So we have the old beliefs with a new experience. So what that means is we may have a belief that we can't have things. So we're going to create that. So it's like lottery winners. We see this often. Lottery winners will come into an incredible amount of money and It would be something that they've probably dreamed of and they've thought, I would do this, this and this, but they can't have it. They're not, they're mentally not wired to have it. They're mentally wired for a poverty or a lack of consciousness, which means that we have a thermostat setting. And so they will go back to that setting and sometimes be worse off than when they, when they had won, because perhaps even relationships were damaged or things happened as a result of it that they did not like. So what we want to do is as we are creating and experiencing an explosion, we also want to change our mindset at the same time. So you're kind of doing both at the same time so that you are a match to it. Because here's the thing, and I think you would agree. When we started working together, that the Hannah that you are now was a goal for that Hannah. Mm-hmm. Like what you have now was once your goal.
0: I know, isn't that weird?
1: And it's not that long ago. Absolutely, and it's not that long ago at all. So that was once a goal. But the Hannah that has the goal is different than the Hannah that wanted the goal. Hmm. Hmm. I just need to say that again for myself. The <laughs> Hannah that has the goal is different than the Hannah that wanted the goal. Like you were involved in different things, your thinking was different, how you launched programs were different, your expectations were different. And it's been like this, it's not like it's all, um, it's all been smooth sailing, but what we've been working on is that even in the this, because that's the law of rhythm, what goes up must come down. Even with that is that, can we be neutral? Which is why, even in our language, like you'll notice, I, 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 sometimes I'll say I'm excited, but I'll often use the word I'm enthused. So I'm enthused because enthusiasm comes from within. Um, I will often, when you have done something, Hannah, and you're like, you know, I've just had my best month or a great, we're like, I'm like beautiful to this and more, like beautiful. This is your normal. And we neutralize it and we normalize it so that we're not making it a big deal to our subconscious mind. Like, oh, this was a one-off. Like you won't be able to do this again because the paradigm is going to try to get you back. So there's that moment until you have fully acclimatized to the new way. So one of the things I say, even when you start to have wealth is the breakthrough is the beginning, now, you need to do the work to make that breakthrough your new habit, your new unconscious habit, so that the way, so that this Hannah that has this is your new baseline. And at some point, this is going to be oh, yeah, that's, you're going to outgrow this. Isn't
0: that exciting. Do you know it, it, it's funny because you say that the Hannah sat here today isn't the same as obviously the Hannah that wanted what I have now? And I think if I tried to stay the same, I would have pushed what I want away. And so people don't realize that that it's the changing, it's the becoming the version of you that is a match of what you desire that's actually manifestation process. And you know, as I'm sat here, I'm calling in even more new things and I'm going through another process of transformation. <laughs> another process of having um, more, more of having more, which is way over my thermostat. And so the process that I'm going through personally right now is changing my thermostat settings so that I can have it, right? And what's beautiful is this is a continual process of allowing yourself to have more and more and more. And at the same time, you've got to grow, At the same time, you have to shift. At the same time, it's like, you know, all of the inner work that you're doing is, it's even more important to maintain the life that you desire, right? And so it's interesting because I've been talking in Integrative Healing at the moment about, you know, some people, um, they see the, the money or they see the house or this and they're like, what's the strategy? to get there, right? And so if you really listen to kind of what what Hina's saying now, it's like, it doesn't matter what strategy you have. If you've not done the inner work, you're always going to reject unconsciously. You're always going to repel the results, right? So so many people are going around looking for like the magic pill. Once I find this strategy, my business is saved or the magic pill to relationships
1: and missing the actual point of It's you, (laughs) it's you. 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 And and, you know, because a goal is to grow. It's not to get like the growth of you for you to be in the house that you're in. Like that was a process of growth and you're right. It never ends. And it's interesting because sometimes this is gonna, this might be surprising to some people. It's all, it can feel to your thermostat setting even scarier, even more of what we call a terror barrier to spend after you've made some money. So, so you've got the money now, like, and and you've done the work and you've seen the success. And sometimes it can even be scarier to spend at that point because it's like, oh my God, but I feel like I just got here and am I doing the right thing? And so that happens as well. Like that's another stretch that you've got to go through. And it's that what will keep you going is your mindset. It's a 95% mindset because everything comes from our awareness so if someone is making 5000 a month, it's not necessarily because they want to. They're not aware of how to make $50,000 a month. And when you expand your awareness because everything comes from our consciousness, then you become aware of how to do it. But you're right. It's not the strategy because if you don't have the belief behind the strategy, it won't work. That's why you can't compare yourself. Exactly. I
0: feel like that sentence needs to re- be repeated forever. Like if you don't have the belief behind the strategy, it won't work. It won't <laughs> and, work. And if you have, and this was th- when it was flipped to the other side, because I realized this recently, yeah. and, you know, he always talks about kind of um, sometimes we can hear the same thing a million times and on the millionth time it clicks deeper. Well, I had one of those moments. Right. And um, I was like, so that means if I've done the belief, work and I have a strategy that's not as great that's still going to work more than a strategy and no belief and for me that was like it just took the pressure off I was like I'm gonna do all the fuck I want you know (laughs) and that's kind of how I made a quarter of a million this summer it was that realization and I was like okay well it doesn't matter what I do it doesn't matter how I do it it matters how I believe it and so I might as well have fun and do it my way and so then not you get two things when you're kind of, when you have that attitude. The first thing is that you're gonna be able to have what you desire. But the second thing is the journey is going to be far more pleasurable because you're not making yourself fit into boxes that aren't for you. You know, the way that I run my business isn't a, a, a normal way. I take a week off for my menstruation every month because that's the way that I want to design it. And, and that's really, I think, something that you've taught from the start is that our life looks how we want it to look. And the only
1: person getting in the way of that is you and your belly what i love about this and even what you just said about how you choose to run your business is i think that women are are really at the forefront of changing companies and organizations and leadership because we are creating our own businesses and we can we can do things like say you know what if you're on your cycle you can take you work from home if you are, or don't, like, take the day off, we can choose to create exactly what we want. And I think there's going to be a real global ripple effect. Um, You know, we're doing it in my company with the people that work with me. When when I was doing even the con their employee agreements, their contract, and it was like, well, this is standard that they get X amount. I'm like, well, uh who made that standard? That standard doesn't sound fun. Uh, I want to do this instead. And that's what we did. So when you're like, that's what you don't get. It's like you doing what you want. And this is what Wallace D. Waddle says in the science of getting rich. When you do what you want, others have more than they have. And that's what you're doing, Hannah. You are like i think i think in this kind of, it's like legacy work because the your clients are healing they are changing this is generational paradigms that are being changed by you deciding that you were going to receive and have and then by you sharing it too because sometimes we're scared to share our harvest we've been putting all these seeds they come to harvest and especially women we shouldn't talk about this, shouldn't talk about money, keep it quiet, should not tell anybody that I got this house, what will they think? But by you sharing it, you don't know who you're touching, who's not even a client, who's just watching you and saying, oh my gosh, wow, is that possible? Like, We can do that, we can ask for that, we can have that and be okay with that, because I don't think we've ever really been taught how to receive and have, especially around money, for women. Um, Let's think back to when you were growing up, you know, those that are listening to this, who was in control of the finances? Did you have to ask for money? What was it like? Was it something that was in flow and abundant and easy and neutral? Or was it something that there was a struggle with? Was it something that you don't talk about where we taught that if you have wealth, you are greedy and you should just be happy with what you have and you shouldn't want more and more and more. So all of these things, what we have to understand is this is what's made up our identity. All of this, you're going to bump up against if you want more and if you're going to make the decision and take responsibility for your life and your finances and your wealth. And that's the growth part.
0: That's beautiful. I think that's going to relate to a lot of people, women and men hearing this. And Actually, I know you've gone on a personal journey with sharing what you have as well, Hina. I'd love yeah. you to share a little bit about that.
1: Yes. you know, And this is the part about um, changing the thermostat. So when we're talking about changing the thermostat setting, what it means is everybody can think about what's the most you've ever made in a year. And as you bring that money, that number to your mind, what that shows you is that that's, that's probably a set point for you if that's the most you've ever made in a year, especially if you've done it year after year. And what that shows is that even if you were to start the year The first few months and this is the mental endurance piece doing extremely well that would make you think i'm going to double this year or triple you would probably end up at the same point because your thermostat setting is saying to you we've already hit our goal so your actions will change a little bit you'll feel like you don't really need to do as much you may slow down Um, And not that you have to work fast, but you may not be working in the same way because psychologically you've hit your goal and you'll end up at that point. So that's your thermostat setting. And as we're doing this work, and one of the things I ask my clients to do is think of 50 things that you want that money can buy. And you've done this, Hannah. And actually you you added another piece to it, which I loved, which was 50 ways that you have to be or the, to have those things. Was that what it was, Hannah? 50 ways that I show up. That you show up. Yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. I love that. I share that with my clients as well. Now, 50 ways that you have to, that you show up now, that would be a match to that. So, so now you've been seeding and you're like, I would love to have this. I would love to have this. And the seeds, they grow in the dark but now it's coming to harvest and you can have this home or you can take that flight. And it's like, Oh, but there may still be elements of that old belief. Like we don't share these things to share is to brag. Who do you think you are? People will judge you. So there's a tendency. That's what I mean by hiding our harvest because we're worried about what other people would think. And I think it's a disservice, especially to women, because then what do we see? We see the same people and we think that wealth is reserved for a certain type of person because that's all we see. And I really want women especially to get comfortable talking about money. You know, I'm doing, I'm going, I'm doing an investment now with one of my She was a client of mine and we're doing an investment together. Um, And I love it. And I love that we're talking about money and saying, okay, let's move some money here. Let's go into this investment together. And, you know, it can have this kind of return because men have these conversations with ease and often it's part of, they're not scared to talk about money necessarily. Not all men, I'm generalizing. But generally with women, we haven't talked about this, but also we've been shamed. What we want, we've been shamed about. So we've been shamed when we show our harvest. Like, oh, you spent that on a bag? Like the things that maybe bring us joy, we've been told that people have used it to put us down by saying that we're shallow and that's all that we care about. So of course we're gonna have a little bit of like hesitation to show these things. But I invite you, and I'm certainly doing this for myself, is to share because what I have found in the end of the day Is the people that are going to judge, they're just at a different level, and you still may reach them, but not that you need to even worry about that. But there are many, many more people that are watching and feeling inspired and taking action that they would never take because of the way that you're showing up. So that's what I mean about not hiding our harvest.
0: I think that when we give ourselves permission to be more of ourselves, you simultaneously give other people permission to be more of themselves, right? And so that's what this really is. And I know the way that I used to share my harvest is that I would kind of like make it smaller by having this story of struggle. You know, like I was, or you know. So this is an interesting way that we do it because I think sometimes, even if we do allow ourselves to share and have, we we'll, <laughs> we have to put like a struggle or something bad on it as well, right? Just so then you feel comfortable to share it socially. And I remember even as a little girl, I was, you know, always had very good exam results. <laughs> And um, I remember, you know, the other parents of the children are like, yeah, but she worked really hard for them. Right. So so it was like justified that (laughs) I was allowed my exam results because I really struggled. Oh, I just was so dedicated. And for me, the pattern to show my harvest has, has to like stop myself from telling a story of struggle simultaneously. It's like, no, I allow myself to have this end of story, <laughs> and it, and I think that's the same for a lot of women and people as well, right? That we have to justify our successes.
1: Absolutely, you know, I recently did a mastermind in Toronto for my private clients, and one would think, so these are business, business women, and one would think like, okay, you're planning a mastermind weekend, so it must be working on the business. And we did that, that was part of it, but we curated the experience for for them receiving and having. And just as important were things like, for example, when they were booking their rooms, I said to them, I said, think about the room that you want. Maybe you want the suite. It's only you. You don't need two bathrooms, but maybe that's what you want. You just want a little bit of extra space. What would that be like? Um, and then even when they came into the room, we just really made sure that they were in a place of receiving and that everything was taken care of. And it was easy because we're not used to that. And then another, so dinners, even when we went out for dinner, it was like we hired a driver. You just walk out. It's there like, what if it could be that easy? And then we're done dinner. Oh, the car is there to pick us up. We're not even calling Ubers to pick us up. And then we went shopping and I had a personal sharp shopper take us to this luxury thing. And, and the, this was part of the work because I said to them, don't look at the price tags. I want you to just look at what you want. Try on things from your future self not even how you see yourself now. And the shopper doesn't have the paradigms that you have about your body and how you shop. So it'll be interesting to see what they choose for you. That was all part of the growth and acclimatizing to this new level. Because it was like, what if I can have a mastermind weekend where I'm working on my business, but it can be fun, opulent, in luxury, and I don't have to feel bad about it. I don't have to like... And I think you must find this. I don't know if you do, Hannah, but I think in spiritual circles as well. And perhaps there's a new paradigm. There's, it's like the more enlightened and spiritual you are is, is tied to how much you have suffered. Yeah, I mean, and and and
0: it's like if you're spiritual, you can't have money. My father made a comment the other day, maybe last as you said that you probably don't know this, Hina, but let's say like four years ago, I was living in um Gokada in India. I had dreads pretty much. I was a yoga teacher. I was absolutely broke. I was like the the visual image of spirituality, <laughs> right? Um did you know this? Maybe you I did not know did you, this. I have to get our picture. They really this funny. Is four years ago. Less, probably less, right? So my friends that know me, I get, I like, they laugh a lot because I've changed a lot. Like I'm a chameleon. (laughs) And, um... You know, my father. I was telling him about recent business successes, and and my father's got a different paradigm. He he doesn't think it's a good thing that I've been successful. Long story short, and he's like, well, I just don't understand. It's like three years ago, you're a Buddhist, and now you have money. And I was like, Dad, I still have the same views. Like I still do the same healing work, and um, just because. And so it's very funny that we have these paradigms that you can't have both. And I yeah. think what we're learning and we're programming is that we can be all of these facets of ourselves and we can have all of these aspects of our life right you know with women sometimes we get the story that you can't have money and a healthy relationship right you can't have and and there's so many more nuances to that but yeah definitely spirituality and, and in spiritual circles i think it's very um common to maybe only want to embody certain parts of yourself and making money and luxury wrong or it was for me at least yeah. right yeah. And for me it's been healing to allow myself to have
1: more of myself you
0: know,
1: I th- money is spiritual <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's another thing about a revenue experience <clears throat> is understanding what money is money is simply energy and money is meant to be in circulation and And also for you to have and enjoy um, and to have building in your bank account and to have in your home and to have in the things that you have and to enjoy and to do, it allows you to do good beyond yourself. Like you are much, I mean, you'll, we, we can donate more, we can give more. And this is, and here's the thing, you know, when I hear people say, you know, you know, money, greed, you know, the people that have it are jerks. And it's like, okay, so then shall we just, so it's like, let's just let all the jerks have money. Like money just amplifies who you are. So this is, this is the thing, all it's done for you. You're still, you're, you're, you're just, your hair's different. Your surroundings are different. You got a few more dollars in the bank account, but all it did was expanded who you are. You are still at the core, it's now using a different vehicle for healing, for, for being a, a vehicle of peace, for being a vehicle for people to connect, for connection. That has not changed. It just might be, yeah, in, with, with a with a different outfit, because all it did was enhance who you are. That's it. So if you're a jerk, you'll be a rich jerk. But if you're peace and love, you'll be, you'll be a rich, you'll be rich. And there's so much more you can do. There's a like when you don't have to worry about money, think about it. When you don't have to worry about money, a lot of mental space opens up for you to be creative and change the world.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. My nervous system. It's like completely different.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Because <laughs> I've yes. relaxed,
1: because I'm yes. safe and I've allowed myself to be safe. And it's safe and it's safe to have money. And what that means also is that money can now come to you. Money can money is responding to your vibration. And one of the things that your um, audience may want to ask themselves if, is if money was a person how would I describe that person? If money was a person in my life, how would I describe that person? And I've heard people say, asshole, cold weathered friend, uh, comes in and goes, doesn't stick around. And I'm like, okay, if that's what you're vibrating at, that's what you're attracting. You're, 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 you're attracting like crumbs and Mm hard, and you've got to like, you've got to really work really, really hard. But once you cleared your nervous system around it and decided, because it was a decision that you made that for you, money was now gonna be safe. For you, money was gonna be friendly. For you, money was gonna be like, like, if there's a room, The money is just attracted to you in the room. Mm. Like, it's just like money loves you. For you, money is beautiful. For you, money is something that you can do so much good with. It enhances your life and other people's lives around you and those that you don't even know. And once you made that decision, money found you. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Do you know what? It's really interesting. I don't know if you... um, Remember this, but when you asked me, I said money is a secret lover. It's like oh, I want it. Yes. Look at that. I was like, money's a secret lover. I want it, but I feel shame that I want it. It was like <laughs> And so now money is just a lover. <laughs> and it's beautiful. And there is no shame. Money is no longer secret. But that was a big thing that just before the revenue explosion, and I think we'll close with this. It was changing that perception of money being shameful and wrong and something that honestly, I was ashamed to desire, right? To being like, no, you know, this is part of my birthright. This is part of all yeah. of Birthright as humans, and I'm get I'm the one that's getting in the way because I'm making it wrong. I'm making my life more difficult, right? Yeah. It's safe to desire this. It's safe to have this. And actually, that was we had a thirty minute call before we started the six months coaching process, and and that came up. And so it's interesting that you just mentioned you mentioned that today. I feel like that's a perfect loop.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So thank you so much, Hina, for coming on today. I know there'll be loads of nuggets of wisdom for people um, in this conversation. Listen to it a few times because sometimes it lands differently when you've heard it a couple of times and, and, and stuff can really come through. Now, for those of you who are like, where can
1: I hear more from, Hina? Hina is going to tell you right now. Thank you so much. So next week, you can have the same experience that Hannah has had for months. And that is coming on our study club calls. These calls are done at 6 a.m. Eastern Toronto time. Um, so I think for Hannah, for you, it was late morning, usually around 11 or 12. And so depending where you are in the world, you can come on live and listen to them. And you'll also learn how I study. So what we do is we start with a little bit of visualization. No, no, I'm sorry. We start with writing your goal and self-image. So this is where you would write things like money is safe. I'm available for money. Money is my birthright. And then we go into some teaching and that's where I will teach from a book that I am studying and I will show you how I study. And then we do a visualization and usually in the visualization or the reflection, we're going into our future self. So we can also acclimatize to having before we have, and this is what athletes do all the time. You know, they are always visualizing Where they want to be. And so we do the same thing. And that's happening next week and it's completely complimentary. So um, I believe the link is in the show notes and you can sign up for that. And I just want to say one thing about you, Hannah. Well, there's so much that I could say, but I really admire your integrity. And I think that your clients are very lucky to work with you, your clients that have chosen you. Um, you have such integrity. You know, Hannah and I have worked together for many months and it's in the way that you show up, but even the way that you post and show your harvest is really from your heart. And even to have me on and introduce me to your audience um that takes a lot of integrity to do and I just love watching your growth and how you show up and I'm so happy that you're part of our community
0: thank you Hina I will receive that <laughs> yes receive and have that That's all I'm going to say. And you just said one of my affirmations that I tell myself in the mirror, which is interesting. You just put voice to it. So even more interesting, received that doubly today. Well, thank you so much for hopping on here. And really, the open houses are such a treat. I know you guys will get so much from them. And yeah, thank you for being in this space today, Hina. I'm sending you so much love. I wish I was in Canada and I could give you a real hug one day.
1: Imagine that. Oh and that's it's gonna, gonna happen. It, is not, it will happen. Or you'll come to the retreat. We're gonna do a retreat in November, somewhere warm.
0: Yeah, yeah I was gonna say it's gotta be somewhere warm. Like I'm oh I'm yeah, cold.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. We're gonna we're gonna make sure you have somewhere warm. Okay, <laughs> amazing. More convinced. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Big kiss. Ciao. Thank you, Vina. Thank you.